0: Oh, my God. are tuning in with your host, Christina Garcia, spiritual life coach, sound healing practitioner, and now Reiki certified, y'all, <laughs> as of this weekend. Uh, super excited. If this is your first time joining us, thank you. If this is you returning, thank you. I am always so blessed just to be in a space where... I can uplift others in our community and it is my absolute honor and privilege to spend time with people all over the globe that are just making a difference in our communities, healing each other once at a time, including themselves. And today, y'all, I have the Peruvian goddess in this house. She is a trauma-informed life coach. She's Reiki certified as well. She's a Corendera in training. <laughs> and she's the CEO of Soul Alignment. So she's going to get into that as well. And I am just so excited. She's actually been one of my plant integration uh, coaches as well. She We've had a session. We know each other through a mutual life coach. She was actually my life coach and her certified trainer in uh, trauma-informed life coaching. Um, Dez, she's no longer on social media, unfortunately. But rest in love to her business because she is fucking amazing. And it's because of her that I know this beautiful soul y'all Natalie Ruiz up in
1: this house <laughs> hey girl. thank you hello that was such an amazing introduction I feel <laughs> so honored <Yes. laughs> thank you for having me I'm excited to be here excited to connect and you know just talk about all things spiritual and plant medicine all the things I do and how we've connected and everything so once yes. again thank you
0: oh my gosh girl the honor is absolutely mine. And I, I remember uh, the first time I saw you on um, Des's stories. And I was like, Oh, my God, that girl is so freaking beautiful. And then (laughs) I had met up with Des one week. And then a week later, she met up with you. And I had DM'd you. And I was like, hold up, sister, are you in Denver? (laughs) I had no idea that you were in Denver. And so quickly after that, we're like, let's meet up let's make yes. this happen like yes. within a month we met up for breakfast and mm-hmm. here we are in this divine yeah. connection
1: <laughs> i know it was just perfect it was all in alignment i remember seeing you follow me and everything and i was like "Ooh, i love what she does like you already had this natural like coaching essence to you. Mm-hmm. And I know you would just, um, we coaching with Dez, but like, I already thought you were a life coach and things like that, but <laughs> oh, girl, <laughs> um, thank t- you. turns out you weren't, but now, you know, you're doing your thing. And I'm so proud of you for how much you've grown. It's been amazing to watch you. Like you're an inspiration to me, honestly. And it's just, I'm so blessed that we got to connect in that way. Like, what are the odds, you know?
0: Totally. Absolutely. And thank you. I received that. Y'all, I'm like holding my heart because it literally feels so warm and gushy inside. And, you know, this is what we do here. We just like hype each other up. This is like a platform for hyping each other up. I love it. (laughs) And it's also really beautiful because it just goes to show you that you can have multiple life coaches doing the same thing. But because we're so unique in our own way, it could speak to others in different ways. And Mm -hmm goes to show you that the vastness and the uniqueness of what we create is perfect. It's so yes. perfect. And there's room for all of us. There's so much room. So yes. Much room. All right, girls. So i want the audience to know about you so tell us like give us a little journey into like natalie ruiz's like journey of spirituality because i obviously we're all spiritual beings but we don't all start that way
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i agree i agree yeah i'd love to share um so i think my spiritual journey really it started off like three years ago about three years ago back in like 2019 and before then like growing up i always was very much like superstitious because of my mom and my tias like all my aunts and stuff they were very much into like just clearing out energy and like um we would do like an egg cleanse i don't know if you're aware of like girl tell us about it <laughs> tell us <laughs> okay. about the egg cleanse girl so, we need to know the egg cleanse basically a lot of um latin families actually do this and for moms it's really natural for them to use it when your kid is like startled or if they have a nightmare and things like that and they literally do a prayer and rub the egg all over you so the idea behind it is literally putting the intention with the egg of it removing any negative energy that you're holding on to and they crack it in water and they can read like what the the yolk and the egg white are basically telling you and most of the time like when you are a kid it's like you're just scared or a nightmare you just throw it out and leave it out to the universe to do its thing right <laughs> and so i always grew up kind of like into that stuff but never was fully aware of what like spirituality was i was more born into ironically a catholic family um that tried to i think maybe cover up the fact that in my um family lineage we do have healers and like Um, herbalists and curanderos and curanderas and have worked with plant medicine in the past but I think as um, my family generations passed they moved to the city and then it kind of that's when the shift happened where we kind of left a little bit of our you know our our history and um, you know our ancestors we kind of like maybe pushed them to the side and forgot about like our roots and um, so growing up it was it was like Catholic but then my mom was also like well we also have I'm gonna do a little bit of like some spiritual woo-woo things right but she never fully like dove into it with me Um, although she was very much into like tarot and like psychics like she believed in that so then you know naturally I believed in it too and so I always was interested in like spirituality and um, really enjoyed it and things like that but just never had um, I guess the right guidance for how to develop my own spirituality and really thought that, like, religion was the only way to go. Um, But I just didn't connect very well with being Catholic. Um, I honor, I respect it, but just don't feel that connection. And um, as years went by, um, I always carried just that eagerness of, like, wanting to see what, you know, spirituality is for me and felt very in tune with like the other side, I guess, um, because I would sense like energies around me growing up or when my grandparent or when my grandpa died, I felt his energy in my house a lot, you know, and things like that, things you can't really explain, um, if you're not really open to it. Right. So, um, just kind of always knew there was something there with me, but just kind of like ignored it at the same time. But as I got older, um, I think life just started getting in the way. And I think the more that I grew up, the more I realized um, some traumas I was carrying and a lot of um, insecurities and really struggled with um, like my eating disorder and body dysmorphia growing up a lot. It started at a very young age. Um, and with that came other traumas like it's just you know with healing there's so many layers to it right so it was just a matter of going through a lot um in high school and then in college where by the time i got to college i got into a toxic relationship and that completely i think was like looking back at it now was like very necessary for me to finally get into my spiritual awakening. And with that, like leaving the the relationship. That's where I started my healing journey. So I was like, I started being self aware of like, okay, I am being very codependent. I keep running back to this toxic cycle, like there's something here that I need to look at. And I need to figure out like how to break from this. And that's when I started kind of looking into therapy and at that time with a toxic relationship that's when my eating disorder was like at it's all time low like i was very very sick very um tiny just not eating very much and just really lost and didn't know who i was um very scared very lonely and really struggled um a good majority of my freshman year of college of just like being completely depressed because of identifying or putting all my worth on into someone else and um, I sought out therapy for eating disorder but the therapist that I connected to at the time I just did not uh, feel that connection I didn't feel heard or seen or really understood. So then I kind of gave up on therapy I was like, yeah, this doesn't work. they just want my money and like it was a very like <laughs> resentful thing and um, kind of was like, well, I guess I got to figure this out on my own. So I left therapy and just kind of tried to work with healing my eating disorder and everything that I was feeling. And I think for me at the time, I really didn't have the tools. So I just stuffed. I kept stuffing. I kept distracting myself. I kept um, looking for outlets such as drinking and partying and just like completely losing myself in other places and neglecting myself completely and my emotions. So, as that was happening throughout college, I just kept repeating this cycle of drinking too much and not eating well and um, neg- or ignoring the fact that I still needed to seek some type of help, but also was very ashamed of, you know, struggling so hard and mentally and emotionally and didn't feel comfortable to express it to my family or you know because it just it felt like i didn't want to be a burden to them especially my parents so it was all this like stuff that i was just carrying and stuffing and not willing to look at that i think throughout college like i knew i I was trying to um, get better and like i would listen to podcasts or like read books and things but i just didn't know how to like truly navigate it and um, years went by and by I think my junior year of college um, is when I did a bikini competition and I looked at the bikini competition I was like okay this is my time to actually overcome my eating disorder like because it's such a mental discipline and like strength that you really have to use to get through and I really felt like I could and. At the time, I used it, I think, as an excuse to like, continue keeping myself distracted and busy because it of so much, you have to put so much of your energy into it. And um, by then I had gone through a second breakup, a different person, but felt very hard on me. And I think then I just didn't know how to deal with my emotions. I didn't know how to heal or feel better. So my outlet was always like, what can I distract myself with? Whether it's partying or drinking. But I think by junior year I was like, okay, partying and drinking isn't doing it. And I also don't like how it's making me feel and look because I just wasn't eating well. So beginning competition, I was like all in. I was like, this is where I'm going to transform for the better. Like everything's going to be you know, perfect when I'm over with this competition. I'm gonna love how I look. I'm gonna feel great, I'm gonna feel confident. And a part of like that, um, I guess, mentality came from the coach that I had at the time too. And I don't, I no longer speak to the coach now, but I think part of the coach realizing that I wasn't in a good space and kind of knew like I wasn't that confident to me, it felt now, like looking back at it now, it feels like I was taken advantage of. Mm. Like, because I was so naive and I didn't know much about the sport, I think it was like, you know, just convincing someone who does want more for herself, but is just so insecure and so sad that I can feed her this dream, basically. Mm. So I trusted this coach and it just didn't end up being a good relationship. Um, I did get through the whole process and um, ended up competing and everything, but I just hated it. I was miserable. I was so angry. I isolated myself completely, like shut myself out from everyone. And I think then like, I didn't realize like that isolation period for me was already like my spiritual Like awakening kind of creeping in even more and because i really started to like be like what the hell am i doing in my life like who am i who are who do i care about who's actually there for me what do i love you know like what does make me happy you know i was really asking myself these hard questions that i just could not answer Mm -hmm. which made it even harder for me to kind of work through um and then after after the competition was over, um, my eating disorder just kind of like slapped me in my face, even harder than it had ever been. And I spiraled completely, started binging and starving and like all all of it, like it was all there and I had no one to support me. And I just remember like having a complete meltdown and breakdown of like, I cannot, like, I can't, even go through this pain anymore. It was an immense amount of pain that I was feeling, immense amount of like unworthiness that I felt. And I was like, I need to get help. Like I cannot do this any longer. I can no longer hide that I need to receive some type of help. And I just remember crying to one of my closest cousins and like just letting it all out and, you know, saying I need to find help and she was so supportive and you know I, it she just kind of like encouraged me to look for someone you know and i researched the hell out of a therapist cuz i was like i do not want to do the mistake of just like going to whoever right and so i gave therapy another chance and um i did end up finding like the perfect therapist and she was just amazing throughout my healing journey with my eating disorder and body dysmorphia so loving so kind so understanding and so open to everything and it was just finally so relieving to have that type of support so after working with her for like two years um i really started feeling better and um still had my challenges i kind of still felt like i was hitting walls and i think as the years went by like the second year with her i realized like therapy is good. I do enjoy it. But something is telling me like, I need to dive deeper. And when I decided, like, okay, I need to dive deeper, I kind of like, sat on it, didn't really know what that meant or looked like for me. And divinely, all of a sudden, I kept hearing about ayahuasca, like, YouTube started like, funneling videos about ayahuasca and then i'd see things online when i was scrolling on instagram or you know so it was just like ayahuasca 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 and i always knew of ayahuasca because of my peruvian background um but like i said not very talked about in my family um just lost that connection i think and just heard about ayahuasca probably when i was like 12 or so through my cousins but didn't really know much about except that it was like very um healing and allowed you to purge out like anything that no longer serves you and heard amazing stories about it healing cancer and like all different types of diseases um but once you know i i started seeing more and more and hearing more about ayahuasca like there's this huge pull in my heart and like in my being of like this is your next step like i want to sit with ayahuasca and I don't know how I'm going to do it or where I would love to do it in Peru, but you also have to be very aware of now that plant medicine is growing so fast, um, you can't necessarily trust wherever, right? So to me, I just didn't know where in Peru I would be able to do it in a safe way and um, with a reliable facilitator, Um, because unfortunately now it is a lot about the money and people taking advantage of that, knowing like this is in such high demand, but can see that, you know, it can make money, but I just didn't want to go to, you know, a shaman who just was focused about the money, you know, or didn't really know how to facilitate. So I just kept doing my research of which centers to go to. And um, I heard of a place called Rhythmia in Costa Rica, and I felt called to do that one because it was the only medically licensed plant medicine mm-hmm. center, um, but it was it's very expensive. And I was like, oh man, like, how am I gonna afford this? Like I'm a senior in college, like <laughs> there's no way. And, but there was just such a strong pull in my heart of like, no, like this is a place you feel safe. And like, this is the right one to go to. And you feel like you want to do this that in that time, that's when I started getting really into like understanding, manifesting and like visualizing Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I was like, you know what, let's test my manifestation (laughs) skills. And I made a Pinterest board and did like a vision board basically. And, um, basically just looked at that thing for like Mm -hmm. eight months straight every day. And in that time I, uh, worked at a restaurant and was waitressing and stuff and ended up just making really good tips I got a lot of babysitting offers that I took and it just like all just helped me get all this money to help me do this retreat basically and in that time my mom also offered to um, put some money in too so it just all worked out you know like my mom was kind of like iffy she didn't know that I was doing ayahuasca I told her it was just like a yoga retreat healing center so i did lie (laughs) i did (laughs) like this not to worry my mom because i knew she would freak out and my dad would too um but i did tell like my brother my cousins just in case but um yeah basically i just ended up like manifesting all this money to go and i told myself like i'm going to go when i graduate college like that's going to be my gift to myself i've been through enough like I'm done feeling shitty and miserable, like this is gonna be it. And honestly, that's by the time I went to Costa Rica in 2019, um, taking ayahuasca is what really propelled me into my spiritual awakening and my spiritual journey and opened up my path as a healer. Like it was just like my moment of transformation and um, so honored, and so grateful, and so privileged to even have been able to have gone, and it's just one of, I don't, I can't even explain, like, it's just, it always leaves me speechless of how it all divinely came into alignment, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's really, I give a lot to ayahuasca and plant medicine as to why I kept pushing forward, and you know, healed a lot and continue to move forward and wanting to work in service to others, mm. and be there for others and help others heal and guide them to heal, um, is just such a deep calling of mine, and it just feels so in alignment because before doing plant medicine, I was so lost. Thought I wanted to be a restaurant. Uh, owner, <laughs> things like that. And it's just, that was not it. You know, that's, it was my parents' dream kind of thing where I, I with plant medicine, I realized the law of like where I was living life for others and not living for myself. So it really made me shift that. And yeah, it was really just ayahuasca really just like throwing me into <laughs> my spiritual journey. So that's like the, kind of the short version of my story. Wow, oh my
0: goodness. And so I think it's really interesting too, when we are of indigenous cultures, it's really Mm -hmm. interesting to me because as I dive deep in my own ancestry, I realize how these certain aspects of our culture call to us when we're ready, right? Like had it come to Mm -hmm. you any earlier, it probably would have not even connected, right? You had to go through what some people in the community call like the dark night of the soul or there's always this like pivotal moment where things are so dark and you're like, I cannot do this anymore, which sounds like exactly where your ancestors heard you and were like, all right, we got you girl, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so with ayahuasca, cause I don't know anything about it, right? You are actually one of my teachers <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> plant medicine, which is yes. so amazing. Can you tell us like, what is that exactly? Like what plant is it? And like, what kind of research have you done? And is it something that you are offering like in your services now, or what is that like?
1: Mm-hmm yeah so ayahuasca is a combination of two plants so it's the ayahuasca vine and then the chakruna leaves the ayahuasca vine is what has the the spirit of ayahuasca it is the mother the grandmother and it's the the feminine energy Um, the chakruna leaves mixed with the ayahuasca vine is what activates the dmt in this brew and it's something that literally the, the shamans in the jungle of peru or brazil Ecuador, bolivia where they it's like a whole day process where they have to put in leaves boil it dump out the water boil it again it's like this thing until it becomes this like really thick consistent type of brew and by the time ceremony goes you drink it just like room temperature um and when you drink it; it's psychoactive. So basically, when you're under ayahuasca, it's very different for everyone. Um, I remember the first time I did ayahuasca, my first night of ceremony, the first drink that I took didn't um, do anything, and I was like, "What is going on? Like, why is this not working?" And from the stories I read, you know, it's it says that people purge and they cry or they scream or whatever, and nothing was happening. So I was like, great, like, this isn't going to work for me. <laughs> like, do you, I flew do you think that that's like part of the resistance part of it, though? Yes. Like, yes okay. okay. Completely. So what I love about plants is that they do bring awareness of where you are resistant in your life. And although I um, kind of knew what I was getting myself into, like, mind you, I never done any type of drugs, really. I've done like marijuana, I've tried it, but never anything else like psychedelic. So I was very unaware of like how this was gonna be. But I would think I was resistant because deep down I was afraid of mm. what could happen. Even though I've heard beautiful stories, I also knew about some scary stories too. <laughs> and I think somewhere I was like, nope. And I was so in my head of what to expect that it was hard for me to connect to the medicine. Cause in the end it's about connecting to the spirit, to the medicine and opening yourself up, trusting and surrendering and meditating through the ceremony. And I didn't do that the first round. So later on in the night, I drank my second cup and was like, okay, clearly I'm too much in my head. Like, let me step outside and connect with nature. And that's when I started feeling the medicine. So like I said, with ayahuasca, it's it's different for everyone. It can be uh, purgative where people feel they need to vomit, but it's not always that everyone's going to vomit it's so I've met a few people who haven't vomited at all and they've done many ceremonies and um, others will see visions or they hallucinate or they just get full body chills or sensations some people shake because there's so much energy that needs to be released that you know your body just wants to shake it out and they will do it so it's very it's it's different and um, very healing very profound um, sometimes you receive downloads and messages. Sometimes you connect with your guide. Sometimes you connect to your ancestors or past loved ones. Um, so it's it's an amazing plant that it's just so magical in itself, right? And um, so divine and beautiful and loving. And I think with ayahuasca, the main um, I guess characteristic I could give to her because she is considered grandmother ayahuasca is that she does give this very feminine loving energy. It is, you're so held, even though some ceremonies can be very dark or heavy, you're always being held and you're always being reminded like you're completely loved and supported. Like you are free to let this shit go and (laughs) do it in any way possible, no judgment. There's just this deep sense of unconditional divine love. so, yeah, that's how I would explain ayahuasca to to people.
0: Ooh, girl, I feel like my <laughs> eyes are welling up. First of all, I just if you guys could just see Natalie on the other side of the screen, she's just so lit up. And her passion as she gets deeper into talking about ayahuasca is just like she's <laughs> glowing. So, you know Thank that this you. is like something that is very true and dear to your heart through not only experience but also because of the significance that Mm -hmm. she has played in your life girl you're making me want to go to peru like right now (laughs) hop on a plane and give this a shot (laughs) i'll go with you let's go (laughs) oh my goodness okay so then fast forward So you've had this beautiful experience. You're like breaking the mold. So what came out of it that you felt like you broke through in the, in that first ceremony that really Mm -hmm. let you see yourself? Cause it sounds like she showed you who you were by being held. She showed Mm -hmm. you that you were supported, which it sounds like that's kind of where the struggle was before is like, you felt alone, you were isolated. Like you kept resisting and giving away your power by putting others before yourself and, you know, displacing the emotions and external things like the, like the eating and the bodybuilding and um, Mm -hmm. relationships. So Mm -hmm. what was it after all that was, uh, that was experienced that you finally like, holy shit balls, this is like, (laughs) this is what I've been, this is like the part of me that I'm shedding. This is the part of me, right? Because it sounds Mm -hmm. like that's what you did like there's something there that she held you mm-hmm. so closely that you were able to safely like purge it out yes
1: yes so yeah that one it's okay so this one is gonna be it might be a little trigger warning so to okay. people listening um so for my first ceremony i like i said i didn't really know what to expect never done psychedelics or anything like that but um the first cup like really resists second cup is when I started feeling the effects of ayahuasca in terms of like my body um, energetically feeling a shift and I knew something was coming. And then I started seeing, cause sometimes you'll see like geometry shapes and like colors and I started seeing like red colors and geometry and things like that. But it was like freaking me out. So as I dove into this feeling, I was like more open to like, okay, we just gotta get through whatever this feeling is showing me. So I, I automatically started being aware of what fear was and how it felt in my body without me even wanting to. I think the medicine was like, okay, we're, we're going. <laughs> There's no going back, you're here for a reason. And um, when that happened, it literally transported me back in time when I was a child and made me go through my trauma of sexual abuse And this was extremely difficult for me to accept and acknowledge because I had suppressed so much of it that I truly did not remember um, what had happened to me. And I remember when I was growing up, like I had moments of like, was I ever sexually abused? And then I'd be like, no, 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 like I'm just trying to be a victim. Like, why am I even thinking that? But Ayahuasca showed me like you intuitively knew you were just not willing to accept it. And it was just such a hard thing for you to go through that you just had to block it out to protect yourself. So my first night was literally going through my trauma in a very physical way. No visuals, it's not like she showed me the exact moments or the memory, but it was like her um, really showing me like what it means to deeply know something and trusting that and i felt it like full body chills like deep on a cellular level that i've never felt before and when i finally came to the realization of what really happened to me as a kid i just bawled, sobbed my eyes out and this ceremony was like eight hours long i want to say and with so the first hour like i said didn't feel anything but the rest of the, the night, I just bawled my eyes out. Mm. I felt this deep sorrow and grief and sadness that just had to be released. And I just cried and cried and was terrified. I felt so much fear and and almost like this disgust too that I just couldn't like handle anymore at one point. And I just remember ayahuasca literally just like telling me, like just keep going like surrender be fearless you know you got this even though it was so much I just remember during the night I was like why did I do this like get me out of this like (laughs) like I regretted it but then I remembered like I came here to heal and this is this has to be released and I just through that like the first night I honestly will say I did not get through to like a a conclusion or a, a breaking point it was me just needing to finally cry and release it out because I, as I grew up as a kid, I grew up in a family where emotions aren't necessarily welcomed. So as a kid, I, I learned to keep it to myself. I, I remember crying in my room many nights very quietly to myself and finally being able to do that in public in a ceremony space with other strangers was in a way very freeing and um, very needed for me, my soul and my inner child. And it wasn't till the third ceremony, so two days later, where I finally had my breakthrough. And the first two nights, my first two ceremonies were at, were just continuing to like release by, by vomiting and crying and shaking, like all the things and just really feeling it on a deep level and just releasing it as much as I could. And the third ceremony day was when I finally just like forgave, learned what it means to forgive those who have hurt me, even though it instilled a lot of trauma in me. I I came to connect with Ayahuasca's unconditional love Mm -hmm. and carried it deeply into my heart and finally felt love and happiness and bliss that I was able to energetically send out forgiveness to those who have hurt me. And, um, when I did that, it was kind of like, I've, I had this vision of me as a as my younger self, like little pigtails and a dress and everything. And I had a vision of her literally running in a in a meadow in a field with like the sun setting butterflies flowers, like beautiful. (laughs) Like I don't even can't explain it. It was just unexplainable and so beautiful. And she was just twirling and dancing and was just saying, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. And I sobbed and my <laughs> eyes, <laughs> like I was just crying for her. I was so happy for my inner child to finally be free. And to me, it was like, once you, once I learned to forgive, that moment allowed me to finally let that story go mm-hmm. or understand how to let it go. The trauma and everything, all the pain and knowing like it's not there for me to keep anymore to identify with or to keep my inner child you know away and um that was the night where i think i finally did like my breakthrough and when she said i'm free i had a moment where like i felt my body and i was like this is my body and i love my body and i'm so sorry and i just Kept sobbing and crying and apologizing to my body, but forgiving it at the same time, forgiving myself. Um, so yeah, I that was like the moment where it just like shifted for me, and I and I understood and had a way different perspective on life and how life works, and you know the the balance of darkness and light, and why sometimes you know going through the darkness is necessary in order for you to really see the light again, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, just just kind of full circled it in in that moment.
0: Oh, so much beautiful breakthrough. I always think like when we go when we have breakdowns, we always have mm-hmm. to go through the breakdowns to get through the breakthroughs, right? Like yes. it's absolutely necessary and it's like you don't really realize how sweet the breakthrough is until you've allowed yourself to go through all these really uncomfortable dark fearful places and not to be not that it's like to scare people right but right. but more of just to be like a placeholder so god thank you so much for allowing us to like or allowing yourself to replay that for all of us to experience with you because Mm. that I can understand how that is absolutely a soft place to be and to, Mm -hmm. to expose yourself and be (laughs) super vulnerable to Mm. that is gosh, it's, it's really an honor and a privilege to be able to be a part of the story as a listener. And so thank Thank you. you.
1: God, thank you so much. It's my my pleasure, my honor. And, And that's, I think something that I had to, learn through with working with ayahuasca um, understanding that telling stories is very healing to Mm -hmm. others and knowing that you know you you can get through the darkness you can push through that the light is there and not everything is happening to you but for you Mm -hmm. and understanding that everyone holds some type of story and some type of pain and hurt And I think with me, um, in the past, I was pretty like hesitant about telling my story and, you know, being worried about triggering too many people, but at the same time, understanding and accepting that it's necessary to be a voice to heal and um, really show others that it's possible and knowing that you're never alone like people we really are similar even though we may not have shared the exact same story or have the same exact background but we all feel the same things Mm. we all feel pain we all know how it feels so to be able to understand that and connect to others is healing in itself and it's so powerful
0: yes absolutely that is something that i'm learning too on my own journey is the more you share stories with other people the more it ignites uh recollection for ourselves mm-hmm. in order to heal and that's part of the process is sharing these stories which is why i think it's it's just so important that we give mm-hmm. each other the space to do that and so yeah girl you have yeah <laughs> woo, woo, girl yes yes <laughs> yes, yes. You. so then now you've transitioned you've like stepped into this big platform of healing for yourself. And then you're like, okay, now that I have touched and tasted and felt this heaven on earth, how do you translate that to others? Like how cuz I'm sure now you're just like, I want everybody to try this. I want to pass it out like candy. Like how do I get everybody on this, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Um so I, yeah, I think once I came back from Costa Rica and had my amazing experience, I really had this urge of like telling the whole world, like, everyone needs to try ayahuasca. Like, this is it for everyone. And, um, but at the same time, I also remember like hearing the messages of ayahuasca, like taking my time to integrate her and also being aware of um, who to share my story with first and then allow it to kind of naturally um, see how it feels to share it with others. And, My main mission was to just tell my family and, you know, reminding them of our roots and of our ancestors Mm -hmm. and the healers that we have had in our family. And also showing um, my family that we do need healing and there is such a thing as generational trauma. And I came back and just wanted to talk to my closest cousins and that are literally like siblings to me and told them, like, yeah, I'm back and I'm, I'm, you know, really wanting to share my story if you guys are open to it. And they all were. So I was able to sit down with them and talk. And I just remember my message with ayahuasca, just share your story. Like, you don't need to convince anyone and share your story to see if they feel called to do it. Because never force anyone to do something that they're not ready for or truly don't feel called to do. And um, once I shared my story, of my brother and a few of my cousins have dove into ayahuasca and kind of have continued the healing in our family that was very much needed. And um, with that, it, it just made me realize like how much, like I said, storytelling can be very impactful and healing and can guide others to um, do their own type of healing, it plants a seed in some way. So when it comes to, you know, sharing it with others outside of my family, to me I kind of use it as an opportunity to see if if I feel that nudge to to tell them because honestly some people aren't ready for it and I completely respect it and I honor them where they're at um and always tell people that if you do not feel called you know you don't have to plant medicine isn't the only way to do your healing and sometimes you have to be careful with plant medicine because you should know where your nervous system is at is it dysregulated do you know how to regulate your nervous system do you have the tools to do that because sometimes when we do get out of plant medicine ceremonies our nervous system can go off the charts because we just felt so much our body gets so tired from releasing and not really knowing how to process if we never knew before that you know it's i don't recommend it to people who feel like they Um, need to spend more time to get to know their body and their nervous system and don't feel that push or that call to do it so yeah Mm,
0: that's really I think that's really good advice and you even touched on that earlier about when you were searching for a place to fulfill your ceremony you're like you know especially nowadays with it becoming I always say like spirituality is almost coming becoming a little mainstream right so you really Mm -hmm. have to be careful and that's kind of like what you're saying here is like if you're called or you're aligned to it, like really listen to that, but also Mm -hmm. with caution and maybe Mm -hmm. speak to someone as yourself who has done it so that if there is some kind of doubt, usually the doubt you have to distinguish, like, is this fear because I'm scared to go deep with myself or is this fear because it doesn't feel safe?
1: right Right, exactly yeah Yeah. and I just would never want anyone to go into a ceremony space where they don't feel safe Mm. you know Mm. that in itself already sets the tone for your ceremony and the setting I think is super important and who your facilitator shaman is is really important and um, you know with the work that I do now like I really do try to ask people the questions that they may not ask themselves of like is this the right way for you to go or not you know Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so then okay so then here you are now you're sharing your story and now you want to integrate it into your coaching so you you've basically done trauma-informed life coaching reiki and now you're like doing plant medicine integration how did you find yourself knowing that, like, this is a need, like plant integration with trauma informed coaching, like mm-hmm. gets to merge, like, obviously, it's, it was something that you experienced yourself. But like, where did you start to see it, like come together for mm-hmm. soul alignment? Because so you're CEO of soul alignment. <laughs> so like, tell us, like, how did that yeah. come together?
1: Yeah, so I think, honestly, with me, I've had the privilege of working with ayahuasca so many times now, um, and working with my teacher, sitting in her ceremonies and sitting with ayahuasca has opened me up to receive messages a lot more clearly and things that are more aligned to my heart and my purpose and my passion and um, i just remember sitting in ceremony like knowing that i needed to let go of the restaurant industry completely because i still struggled with it after my first ceremony but um like let go of it completely and see how it could be a service to others so then i just did coaching and then as i started working more and more with ayahuasca and also getting more involved with the plant medicine community and my family getting involved with plant medicine i started realizing the lack of um, integration and how people rely too much on plant medicine thinking that that is going to heal them completely and they're good and everything should be perfect, right? But that is like the misconception about it is people don't understand like ayahuasca or other plant medicines can put you on a path to healing and can guide you, but they're never going to just like take away everything Mm -hmm. from you, you know? They're not gonna completely heal you because they know and trust in us to do the work. They know that that we can do that and heal ourselves. They're trying to teach us to be self healers And that's something I think people don't realize. And when I just started working more with coaching and getting more in touch with my healing abilities and working with ayahuasca, you know, I just remember being really sad about someone who had done ayahuasca and very close to me that ended up having a really hard time, maybe like a month or two months after their week retreat. And they just fell in a really bad depression. And they became angry and resentful towards the medicine as like, it didn't work for me. And now I'm scared to do ayahuasca because they also had a very hard time in their ceremonies. Their ceremonies are very intense and dark. And um, seeing that saddened me because I think it just disconnected them from ayahuasca, even though ayahuasca is there to help us and be there for us like a mother or grandmother. And it it made me sad that they they felt that way. And partially it's because there there was no support for this person um, to know how to integrate or what the insights meant or how to regulate their nervous system. And that's why I said earlier, it's really important to check in with your nervous system before doing a ceremony, because sometimes people who do suffer with really bad anxiety or depression should do maybe breath work first or try therapy first or figure out what it means for you to to regulate yourself before diving into something so intense. And that made me upset that the center that they went to didn't offer help afterwards. It was kind of like, we can, we'll help you throughout the week, um, but you're kind of on your own, like after like, sorry, we're too busy for you kind of thing. And there, it, there really was no help and um, that, happens often and it's it's um it happens a lot in multiple centers where they just hold space and then you get sent back to reality in the real world and then you're like hold up like this is a lot like i thought i was good i thought i was healed i thought i was happy and full of love what happened and then people um think that the plants didn't work but the truth is that they just didn't know how to integrate it they didn't have the tools and to continue nurturing it because it's really about nurturing and keeping up with the work and mm-hmm. knowing like in the end we're humans and we're going to go up and down like life isn't always gonna be linear upwards right we we're going to get hit with obstacles but it's about trusting and knowing that the plants taught us how to move through those obstacles
0: Oh my goodness This sounds like such a need, especially as you say, like things, it's getting more known, like people are understanding the uh, availability they have to have the plant medicine in their healing process. So Mm -hmm. I think the service and the support that you are offering to people, like people probably don't even know that Mm -hmm. this type of support exists post, you know, Mm -hmm plant medicine treatment so I just feel like oh my gosh girl I was like we gotta get you on this podcast because people need to know that this exists this exists because there are so many people out there who are trying plant medicine and then it's like that's it that's it there's no there's nothing after so I think it's so beautiful that you're offering that so thank you so much for that girl yes so so tell us then as far as your services go so you get to you help people in that transition period and then what else is it in your services do you like combine for people to have support because it's not just plant Mm -hmm. medicine integration obviously that is like your bee and honey you know (laughs) thing but what is like What is it also that you offer support in for Mm -hmm. others out there who want to connect with you?
1: Yeah. So along with the plant medicine integration, I like to um, also hold Reiki sessions and RAPE or HAPE is also how it's known, which is um, used in ayahuasca ceremonies or just ceremonies in general um, in the Amazon with a tobacco snuff. And that can also be um, like a opening to working with plants in a non-psychoactive way. It's just a very grounding and energetic type of plant. Um, So I offer that and that helps. And I love it because it really connects me to um, shamanism and guranderismo to my ancestors and to my roots back to Peruvian roots um, because all my snuffs, most of them are from Peru. So it's just like beautiful to connect to the plants here in Denver with others who are open to trying it. And then also helping those who have done plant medicine ceremonies using um, rapé as an integrative plant as well and helping them through their process. So I do that, Reiki, um, just life coaching in general. Um, And um, yeah, and then just kind of um, I do like Oracle guidance calls as well, just to connect with others, other guides and um, source and universe, helping people really understand the language of the universe and source and knowing how to connect to their own guides. I'm really much about teaching others to be self healers. Mm -hmm. I think with ayahuasca, she made me understand like, yes, there is such thing as healers. And um, yes, you are a healer, but also teach people that they can heal themselves to. So with me, I really push people to be their own self healers and my goal isn't to keep them forever. My goal isn't to, you know, have sessions with them for years as much as I would love to, right? I would want them to be at a point in their life where they're like, I feel so good. I feel confident in who I am, the tools that I know, I know how to navigate through the ups and downs because of the teachings that, um, that, I, that I gave them. Um, so that's really the work that I offer uh, with soul alignment. Mm.
0: First of all, I like totally agree with everything you just said, because it's (laughs) it's very much along the lines of how I feel too in my own, like, practice with Mm -hmm. other people. Because I always say that like you are your self healer, everything that you need is in your specific experiences that you've had Mm -hmm. in your life, that you get to mold and understand so that you can then do it for somebody else. And and yeah, mm-hmm. I think that it, it makes you a very powerful leader and guide when you can understand that that's not your motive. Like, I'm not here to just like take all your money and make you be with me forever. Like, exactly. no girl, like at some point, I want you to be able to be teaching what yes. I'm teaching you to somebody else, yes. right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's it. Yes. And uh, I think that is like the ultimate support is when you can see somebody in their process of healing and really understanding like where their hiccups are where their traumas are and then Mm -hmm. allowing them to explore that in a safe place it's almost girl you're literally an extension an extension of grandmother ayahuasca like you (laughs) drank her you she held space for you and then you literally possess that energy now now you are literally that in human form for other people (laughs) which is so cool as you're saying all this stuff and the support and the space you're holding for others in love and compassion it's like exactly what grandmother ayahuasca did for you so it's like
1: exactly yes no and it's it was all taught from her right so it was kind of like the understanding of like okay she taught me this now i can teach others too for those who Maybe can't um, do a plant medicine ceremony. They don't have the opportunity, or still are unsure. There are other ways to connect. There are other ways to find that type of healing. So yeah, it's it's awesome. It's wonderful.
0: And I I have to speak on experience, y'all, because I did a rafay session with Natalie, and exactly what she described. As you get super grounded, I literally felt like my ancestors coming through and like literally rooting me into the earth, like mm-hmm. just like roots growing from, I was laying down by the time I was laying down and I just felt my body like melting into the earth. Yeah. So it is like extremely a grounding experience from from my yes. own experience, like you said, it's, it's different yeah. for everybody. And yeah. the way that Natalie then did Reiki to move the energy through, mm-hmm. it was, magical for me and then afterwards <laughs> and then afterwards it's just like i i just felt like the way you felt with um ayahuasca and how you can kind of hear things a little bit clearer things become a little bit more calmer in mm-hmm. inside like soulfully that's really where my heart has been moving towards and i'm excited to do another session so <laughs> like mark that in because It's going to happen. I'm, like, calling it in. Um, But, yeah, so if y'all are in the Denver area, y'all got to hit her up. Where can they
1: find you? They can find me on Instagram at soul.alignment. Also, I have my website up at – it is www.soulalignment.org. Love it.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, so much juiciness. Like, you literally just took us on – such a beautiful journey of real authentic and like genuine heartfelt space so i just first want to say thank you for that um and as we come to a close if there's something that you feel is like an overall message you want to leave with everyone what would
1: that be Mm. so much said so much today we did we really did Um I think it'd probably just be reminding kind of like a summary of everything that was said of just reminding others that are on their healing or spiritual journey that they do not have to do anything alone or by themselves, mm. that there is support and help and to not lose faith or trust in knowing. that support system is but continue searching because there's always that divine connection that soul connection that you're meant to work with someone for a reason and if the plants aren't calling you that's okay you know try different types of healing whether that is just coaching or just reiki or breath work um meditation you know things like that and just diving into that and just knowing like you are exactly where you need to be you're perfect just the way you are and just trusting your path. Just keep trusting.
0: Mm. Juicy, juicy, and, and I also had to throw another one in there because sound healing is another one, y'all. Oh, it's one my... sound <laughs> healing. <laughs> Just giving myself a little plug there. (laughs)
1: Sound healing. Yes. So good. So good.
0: So so good. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much. Y'all, it's that time. It's that time of the podcast. We know we go heavy. We know we go in deep. And it's always nice to come back to the silliness and playfulness of life because it's an integration of those dualities as well that we get to play in. And even though we get deep and we have all these really impactful conversations, there's also always a place for play and so i welcome you to the this or that segment of yes girl live (laughs) (laughs) all right girl you ready yes i'm ready all right girl okay uh ice cream sandwich or ice cream cone oh ice cream cone okay uh would you rather be a passenger or a driver
1: a driver. I get oh. car sick really easily. <laughs> same.
0: Same. Yeah. Girl, same. Um, and also like I can't let my boyfriend drive. He gets he has like massive road rage, which is obviously his own little issue on his own, but he's like, girl, no, so we don't do that. I, like, 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 I, I got this. <laughs> I will drive. Okay. <laughs> astrology or
1: human design. Ooh, ooh, that one's hard. I'm gonna go with astrology yes okay uh
0: would you rather save money or spend money
1: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i would rather i'd save money
0: okay okay uh be heartbroken or be the heartbreaker
1: oh i've never been the heartbreaker but i will say i'll stick to being heartbroken There's a lesson in the brokenness and it's a very, even though it sucks and it's very painful, (laughs) that pain is very telling of a lot, so heartbroken.
0: Yep, I'm with you, girl. I'm so (laughs) with you on that one. Okay, Uh, play 10 instruments or speak 10 languages.
1: Oh, I think languages, 10 languages. Yeah, I think so Connect with more people. People, yes, Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, okay. Reality TV or documentary?
1: Uh, I'm a sucker for reality TV. Yes,
0: this is why I love you. I'm just saying, give it to so me. Bad. I mean, girl, the spiritual life, right? Like we play in so much heaviness. It's like we gotta get something to
1: just like, yeah, you know, just just be mindlessly watching sometimes. You know, exactly. <laughs> check out a little bit. Exactly. Um,
0: okay, would you rather own a time machine or a magic wand?
1: oh that one's good (laughs) Mm, time machine oh okay okay Mm -hmm. and
0: i already know the answer to this just based on everything we went through but your favorite plant medicine
1: (laughs) (laughs) my favorite plant medicine for sure is ayahuasca
0: oh y'all we could have figured that if you did not figure that out by the end of this y'all Come on, you were not listening. You have to Come listen on, to it no. again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been so fruitful and just so divine. And again, just thank you for sharing your heart, being willing to expose your story and allow people to connect with you and understand Grandmother Ayahuasca on a different level. Uh, This is the first time I've ever talked about it or heard about it in this, especially in this podcast, like obviously I've heard about it, but to have an actual real conversation with someone who's actually had a genuine experience with it, this is the first time. So this is like real, this is so real. And Mm -hmm. I am grateful to know a little bit more about your story because I feel like even though we've shared Mm -hmm. so much together, it's like, there's Mm -hmm. always more bits and pieces that are revealed that make it so much more rich. And so, mm. oh my gosh, yes, my heart you. is so honored to just have to oh. share this space with you. Y'all we've been trying to like schedule this. So. Oh my gosh. I
1: know <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was not working out for a while, but we got it. We got, we got it, it in. We got it yeah. in. So y'all thank you so much. Again, you can find Natalie on Instagram. I will make sure mm-hmm. to put it in the description of the podcast If you like what you heard here, if it resonated with you, if it connected with you, you know, like, subscribe follow and share it's because of your participation and being part of these conversations sparking up other connections if somebody in the podcast aligns with you reaching out to them even if it's uncomfortable and weird this is why we share these stories so that it can ignite something inside of you to really deepen your healing in yourself and maybe even grace and curiosity in who you be and so I am grateful again just to be called and aligned to sharing space with these beautiful humans and allowing them space to share the experience. So thank you so much and until next time be great. Bye bye. We'll